Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and turn with me to the Old Testament book, 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 24. Our message series is called Famous Mothers in the Bible, and each year around this time, around Mother's Day, we jump back into this series and uh, we take a look at one or two famous mothers in the Bible and uh, just to see what principles uh, we can learn from their lives and experiences. Now, I know Mother's Day is still several weeks away, but uh, we have a missionary speaker coming on Mother's Day this year, and so uh, we're going to fit in our Mother's Day messages this week and next week, and then we'll have our missionary speaker on Mother's Day itself. And uh, even though this series is about mothers, okay, the messages are for everyone. It's about mothers, but for Everyone. So whether you're a mother or not today, we can all take the principles we're going to look at from this particular mother in Scripture, and we can apply them to our lives. So today we're going to look at the widow of Zarephath, and uh, this uh, mother serves as an example to us of hospitality, the hospitable mother. So in 1 Kings chapter 17, and I'm just going to read verses 7 through 9 as we begin, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the, in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear God, as we look at this verse, and the, indeed the verses following the, uh, the whole a series of events that surrounded this widow, Lord, it's such an amazing story. It touches our hearts on so many different levels. But Lord, I pray as we enter into this story today that, uh, Lord, we would allow your word to enter our hearts, and especially to teach us about hospitality and the part that we have to play. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. It's interesting, this week's mother and next week's mother really form a pair. It's kind of neat that we're going to do them uh, one right after another. A lot of similarities. I'll share some with you. First of all, both mothers are unnamed in Scripture. We're not given their names. Most of the mothers were, were given their names, not these two. One is wealthy, the other is poor. One has a son but no husband. The, the other has a husband, but no son. The first mother is visited by the prophet Elijah. That's the one we're looking at today. The second uh, is visited by Elijah's successor, the prophet Elisha. Both mothers receive gracious miracles of provision performed for them by God through these prophets. Both mothers then uh, receive a greater miracle Uh, when their sons are raised to life again. Both mothers are referenced as women of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, the great chapter of faith in the New Testament. Hebrews 11.35 says, Through faith, women received back their dead, raised to life again. God's miracle for these two mothers anticipates, uh, these these miracles in the Old Testament anticipates Jesus' miracle in the New Testament. When Jesus raised the widow's son, the widow of Nain's son, when he raised uh, her son from the dead, Jesus also used today's story in his own teaching uh, to the Jews of his day. 
Uh, and he made application of how God's grace extends even to the Gentiles. We'll see that this was a Gentile woman. And so both of these mothers, uh, this week and next week, both of these mothers and their stories figure prominently in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So today we're looking at the widow of Zarephath and her example of hospitality. And you know what? Some of you are just, you're pros at hospitality. Some of you are really gifted at that. You love doing hospitality. This is going to be an easy message for you. Some of the others of us struggle with this. We're not so good with us. Maybe some of us have never even done hospitality. We say, well, that's for somebody else. Well, maybe not, as we look at God's commands in Scripture. And so this could be a message that some of us need to hear today because we need to grow in this area. And I pray that you and myself, uh, you know, this is not one of my natural gifts, that we would be open to hearing what God would say to us today. God calls us to offer hospitality to others. And so we're going to look at four, four very important biblical principles of hospitality that we find illustrated in this widow's story. There is an outline in your worship guide. I encourage you to take that out and uh, follow along. All four principles are listed there, plus a lot of other stuff. It will help you as we walk through the message together. Okay, let's get started. Our first principle this morning is this. Hospitality is God-directed and God-ordained. Hospitality is God-directed and God-ordained. And we find this principle right away uh, in our opening verses. We just read these verses, but let's look at them again. Verses 7 to 9. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. You see, hospitality is an important way that God uses to provide for people's needs. God uses hospitality. Romans 12, 13 tells us all, share with God's people who are in need, practice, or you can even translate that, pursue hospitality. Now, God had been providing directly for Elijah's need for food and water, miraculously, uh, through the ravens and through the, the brook at the Kareth Ravine. But now that brook's dried up. So now God is going to provide for Elijah's needs through the indirect means of hospitality rather than the direct means of the ravens and the brook. And God instructs Elijah, he tells him, go to Zarephath. He says, I've commanded a widow there to supply you with food. Now guess what? This is probably news to the widow, okay? We don't read anywhere in Scripture where God even told her what was going to happen. But you see, God in his sovereignty was working out the details. And what God commands in heaven happens here on earth. Now, God sending Elijah to the widow at Zarephath tells us something else about hospitality. Not only does God use hospitality to provide for for people's needs, but God may be sending someone specifically your way. Did you ever think of that? God may have someone in mind right now. They may be arriving sometime this week. Who knows? God may be sending someone to you. 
Hebrews 13.2 tells us, Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And what, what looks like a random opportunity for hospitality may indeed be a divine appointment from God. And then, of course, we need to remember that when you offer hospitality to someone in need, you are also ministering to Jesus. Remember when Jesus told the parable of the sheep and the goats and he described the righteous? He described the righteous in terms of their hospitality. Let me read you his words from Matthew 25. Jesus said, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then Jesus said, and then the righteous will ask, well, when, Lord, when did all that happen? I don't don't remember that. When did we do all these things for you? And Jesus will reply, Matthew 25, 40, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Now, we can't always offer hospitality to all people, okay? We, we have our limits, right? We may have family plans that preclude or conflicting obligations, but we should always desire to offer hospitality. We should always be looking for those opportunities. And as Christians, when it comes to hospitality, our default position, okay, our default should always be yes rather than no. To provide for others with hospitality when we can, rather than not to provide. So that's our first principle of hospitality this morning. Hospitality is God-directed and God-ordained. It is an important way that God provides for needs. And guess what? God may be sending someone your way. Okay, principle number two, and I love this one. Hospitality can be spontaneous and simple. Spontaneous and simple. And we see this in our next verses, verses 10 through 12. So Elijah went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And then as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour and a jar and a little oil and a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So Elijah goes to Zarephath, as God told him. Zarephath was Gentile territory. Not only that, it was close to Sidon, which was Jezebel's hometown. Who's Jezebel? Well, Jezebel's married to King Ahab. Who's King Ahab? Ahab is searching for Elijah to kill him. And so this is also enemy territory. God sends Elijah to a poor widow deep in the heart of enemy territory to take care of his needs. And you might wonder, well, well, God, why didn't you send him to someone who was wealthier? 
You know, someone who can really provide for his needs. Well, God has his reasons, and part of God's reason here is that he is going to bless this woman and her son through her hospitality. But I believe another reason is is the lesson we're drawing it from here is God wants us to know that hospitality, folks, it doesn't always have to be rich and fancy. Yes, there are going to be those times when you're going to want to plan ahead and you're going to clean the whole house for company and pull out the fine china and make everything extra special for your guests. But oftentimes, hospitality could just be spontaneous and simple. And that's what we see here. Elijah arrives at Zarephath. He finds the widow. She's there gathering sticks. He's tired. He's thirsty from the journey. He asks her for a drink of water. And she goes to get it. It reminds us of what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 42. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Folks, that's how simple hospitality can be. Sometimes a cup of water, all that's needed. We could all do that, right? Now, she goes to get the water. He also asks her for a piece of bread. And that's when she replies, hey, I don't have any bread. I can bring you the water. I can't bring you bread. I don't have bread. All I have is a handful of flour and a jar, a little oil in a jug. And this leads us to to another element of simple hospitality. This is such a simple principle to grasp hold of, but sometimes we forget it. You can't share what you don't have, but you can share what you do have. You know, sometimes we go, well, I don't have all that stuff, so I can't do anything at all. Not true. Yeah, you can't share what you don't have, but you can share what you do have. It's like what Peter said to the beggar in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Silver or gold I do not have. He couldn't share that. He didn't have that. He couldn't share that. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. And boy, what a wonderful thing he gave him. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So you you may not have much of anything else, but you can always give them Jesus, right? And that's what Peter did here. And we find the same principle of giving in in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 12. Paul writes this. He says, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what He does not have. So that's our second principle this morning. Hospitality, folks, it doesn't have to be this big deal. It can be spontaneous and simple. This woman, she didn't have a lot. In fact, the whole reason she's out there gathering sticks, she's about to go home to make a final meal for herself and her son before they died of hunger. Which leads us to our Next principle, principle number three. Hospitality requires sacrifice and faith. Hospitality requires sacrifice and faith. Look at verses 13 and 14 with me now. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first... Make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. 
For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Do you see what's going on here? Elijah tells her, hey, take care of my needs first, and then you can take care of yourself and your son. Now, he puts this demand in the context of a miraculous promise from God. That jar of flour you've got, it's just going to keep on going. That little jug of oil, it's just going to keep on going until God sends rain on the land. But you see, this will require both sacrifice and faith. Giving Elijah his portion first, that is a huge sacrifice. Her son is starving to death, and she's going to feed Elijah first. Huge sacrifice. And yet God has promised to multiply her flour and oil if she does. This will require faith. Notice that Elijah says this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Why does he say that? Because she's a Gentile. He's the God of Israel. This is not her God. Will she put her faith as a Gentile in the God of Israel? This will require faith. Jesus says to us in Matthew 6, he says, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Same thing that Elijah said, isn't it? One of the ways we seek God's kingdom first is by providing hospitality for others. And just as God promised the widow, he has promised us. When you seek God's kingdom first, he will bring everything else that you need. And so we not only need to seek God's kingdom first, we need to trust God's promise to provide. That's exactly uh, what our, our, our famous mother does next, what the widow does next. Look at verses 15 and 16. She went away, and she did as Elijah had told her. She gave him the meal first. She, she cooked it for him before herself and her son. And because she did that, what does it say? So there was Food every day for Elijah, for the woman, and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Do you know how much faith it took for this woman to take care of Elijah first before herself and her own son? I like the way Ray Pritchard describes it in his book on Elijah. He writes this. When the barrel is full of oil, you don't need faith because you've got all the oil you need. Faith comes in when you are almost out and you don't know how you're going to fill it up again. That's when you find out how much faith you have. You see, hospitality requires sacrifice and faith. It's not always convenient. It sometimes interferes and infringes on your plans. You know, we said earlier, you know, we can't always sacrifice family plans for hospitality. But you know what? If we are never willing to sacrifice family for hospitality, perhaps family is becoming an idol in our lives that we need to dethrone. 
Hospitality is not always financially feasible. We say, God, I can't afford this. I can barely afford for myself. How am I supposed to, to take care of others? But you see, as Christians, we are called to sacrifice and then trust in God's promise. I'll give you Matthew 6, again, Jesus' words. Seek first God's kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So that's our third principle this morning. Hospitality requires sacrifice and faith. And that leads us to our fourth principle. Hospitality yields unexpected blessings. Hospitality yields unexpected blessings. We see this when the widow's son dies. We're getting there, and God answers Elijah's prayer to restore him to life. Now, we need to be careful with this principle. We need to be very careful that we do not view it in terms of earning God's blessings. That we don't view it in terms of earning God's blessings by our good works of hospitality. Because the Bible makes it very clear that we do not deserve God's blessings. We don't deserve God's blessings. We see this in our passage, the next verses, 17 and 18. We get into the heart of the story now. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Notice what the woman doesn't do here. She does not try to claim any entitlement from Elijah or from God because she has offered hospitality. She does not say to God this, God, I did this, so now you've got to do this for me. She doesn't do that, does she? No, she confesses that she's a sinner. She confesses that she does not deserve God's blessing. Yes, she has provided hospitality for Elijah, but she knows that that does not cancel out her sin. Now, we are not told what her sin was, but boy, she knew her sin, didn't she? She knew it well. She even wondered if her sin had something to do with her son growing ill and dying. But you see, we should never take the attitude that that we somehow deserve God's blessings. Jesus told the parable of the servant in Luke chapter 17. Let me just read it for you. I'm not going to put this one on the screen. I just want you to listen to it and to hear it. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would you not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because the servant did what he was told to do? And then Jesus makes the application for us, so you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. So that's our first caution that comes with this principle that, that hospitality yields unexpected blessings. We need to remember, first of all, we don't deserve that. We don't deserve God's blessings. And then a second caution 
Now we need to remember is this, is that you won't always understand God's ways. He's God, you're not. You're not always going to understand God's ways. Look at verses 19 through 21. Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, he carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his bed, and then he cried out to the Lord, Oh Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, Oh Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Both the woman and Elijah, they're both confused. Why has God allowed the boy to die? The woman thinks it's because of her sin. By the way, don't ever play that game with yourself. You know what game I'm talking about? Something bad happens in your life. And you immediately think that God's punishing you for some specific sin, and perhaps in the past that you did. Don't play that game. See, that's the mistake that Job's friends made with Job in the Bible. He said, oh, we know why you're suffering. Well, we sometimes do that to ourselves. I know why I'm suffering. No, you don't. We rarely know the reasons why things happen. And we simply need to trust God in the midst of our trials. So the woman, she doesn't doesn't understand why this has happened. Elijah, he doesn't understand either. I mean, here God has been providing miraculously for them with the flour and with the oil, and now the boy dies anyways. doesn't make any sense. Elijah takes the boy, and he, he lays him out on his own bed, the bed that the woman has been providing him. She's been providing hospitality for him. Lays him out on his own bed, and he cries out for God to restore his life to him. What's going on, God? You see, sometimes things get worse before they get better. Perhaps God is testing you. Perhaps God is strengthening your faith. We don't always understand God's ways, but you can always trust God's character. That's what we read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust In the Lord, with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And verse 21 in our text today leaves us hanging. Because at this point, unless you peeked ahead at this point, we don't know if God's going to heal this woman's son. We don't know. The woman doesn't know. Not even Elijah knows. Because you see, God does not always say yes. Sometimes he says no. And we don't understand why. But you need to trust that God has his reasons. And please know this. If God's no to your prayer is breaking your heart today, please know that it is breaking God's heart also. We don't deserve God's blessings. You won't always understand God's ways. And yet, God in his grace has promised to reward your hospitality. 
Now, it may not be in the way that you hope or expect. It may not be in this life. You may need to wait until heaven to collect your reward. We don't deserve it. You can't claim it on the basis of your own merits. Yet God in his grace has promised. You do hospitality, I'm going to bless that. I'm going to reward that. And oh, how richly God rewarded the widow's hospitality to Elijah. Look at verses 22 to 24. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. The boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room and into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. And then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Talk about an unexpected blessing. This is the first time recorded in Scripture that anyone, anyone has ever been raised from the dead. Folks, this was not only unexpected, it was unprecedented. Imagine if this woman had said no when Elijah first asked her for that drink of water. All would have ended there, right? Would have closed off everything else in the story. Imagine if she'd refused when that next step, when he asked her to feed him before feeding herself or her son. Imagine if she had not taken him into her home. If the widow had not provided hospitality for Elijah, Elijah would not have been there to pray for her son. There would have been no joyful resurrection. And this Gentile woman would have missed out on this amazing opportunity to learn about the God of Israel and his power and the power of God's word. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We don't deserve God's blessings. You don't always understand God's ways. Yet God in his grace rewards your hospitality. He's promised it. So that's our fourth principle. Hospitality yields unexpected blessings. So moms and dads, singles, working families, or retired. I think that covers most of us here today, right? How are you doing in this whole area of hospitality? Do you understand that hospitality is God-directed and ordained? Do you see how hospitality can be spontaneous and simple, something we all can do? Yes, hospitality requires sacrifice and faith, but it also yields unexpected blessings. 
Blessings that we don't deserve, yet God in his grace blesses us anyways. When we offer hospitality to others, we also imitate God. Because God is the great giver of hospitality. And through Jesus and his death on the cross for our sins, through Jesus, God welcomes us into his family and into his forever home. God has been gracious to us, and so we need to be gracious to others. You can't outgive God, although it's awful fun to try. The widow of Zarephath had nothing, but she gave everything and received everything that mattered back in return. What a wonderful example to us as we seek to be faithful to God and others through gracious acts of hospitality that meet people's needs and also reflect God's great love for us. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this widow in Zarephath, this Gentile woman who came to put her faith in the, in the God of Israel through the word of the prophet. Oh Lord, may we put our faith in you, the true one true and living God, uh, through the word of your scriptures. May we trust your promises to provide. May we sacrifice willingly. May we look for opportunities. May we be looking for that person that you're sending our way. Maybe today, maybe this week, maybe next week. Lord, help us to be looking, ready, waiting to take that step of faith to meet other people's needs, to be a blessing to others as you've been a blessing to us. Lord, help us to grow in this area of hospitality. We pray in Jesus' name.